0: When somebody hears the term scientific mindedness, it may look like it conflicts with having personal beliefs and values. But really, Dr. Kashi posits using one adds functional rocket fuel to the other. What you believe influences what you do, and what you do influences what you believe. Taking a scientific look at either has profound effects on how they influence each other. Embracing this means doing more of the stuff that makes your life better more of the time. Roll the intro. Hello, hello, and welcome to (sighs) (coughs) Ah, Coffee with Cashy. One cannot simply respire coffee. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Today's episode is a lively one. We're covering all sorts of cool stuff, lots of stuff. Finally, a free real-world method to check yourself before you wreck yourself. All yours for the low, low price of... (laughs) 393. Let's hop to it. Wait, but first! Wait, first okay. Whiteboard of wisdom. Here is what you are learning. (laughs) Here is what you are learning. Going over the six characteristics of scientific-mindedness, but in greater depth. And then the best time to check yourself before you wreck yourself. And then a scientific way to do the checking so it keeps you from wrecking. Excellent. (laughs) A Little bit of background here. You you did get a primer on the six character traits of science-mindedness a few episodes ago. Now they are back in greater detail. New packaging, same great taste, I promise. Behold, the six traits of scientific-mindedness. These are truncated a little bit because the whiteboard of wisdom only has so much space, so I will explain them in greater detail, obviously. Number one, observations verified by observations result in the facts of your life. (laughs) You regularly verify facts, and consciously or otherwise falsify or substantiate them, and this check and balance of facts is the backbone of so-called empirical science. For that reason, it's best to acknowledge all of the goings on in your life, even if they suck. Especially if they suck. Number two. The facts of your life kinda organize themselves in ascending order of how sure you are about them. (laughs) You've verified some facts in so many different ways they are now a fact of life, so to speak. These facts of your life form the bedrock of your internalized check and balance system. Constant reinforcement of your facts of life protects you from mistakenly integrating nonsense because it engineers an internal consistency at like a fundamental level. Things like your name, where you live, and anything heavily substantiated through empirical science mentioned above, empirical validation, it is free of opinions or guesses. Those are based on facts, okay. Number three are typically based on facts anyway. <laughs> Number three, but you can still readily modify stuff resting on top of your surest foundational facts of life. Going back to point one with empirical science, you can change how sure you are about something and integrate something new when it's substantiated appropriately. In science, there is an open willingness and flexibility to change when, com- like, with new but verified facts. That's what I was trying to say. There's an open willingness and flexibility to change with new but verified facts. If something is new or unsure, you go right to the stuff you're surest about. Right, those facts of life again. If there's conflict, and it probably gets filed into BS, if it checks out, you keep checking to see if there's any other conflict with any other neurally networked area of sureness. When you find compatibility or conflict, you accept, reject, reinforce, weaken, or modify your overall sureness by conscious use of logic and reason, thereby preserving your internal consistency. Point number four. Ideas and opinions can only be science-minded if you can prove them false. Is the existence of magic or supernatural beings or intelligent aliens the forces of good and evil possible? Sure. Falsifiable? No. At this point, those belief systems are too abstract to be science-minded. What is science-minded and important to study is the tangible impact those abstract beliefs have. Which leads us to point number five. The rewards for being good and the punishments for being bad. You know, the science mind is skeptical of the universe being in charge of those things of goodness and badness and fairness, and more specifically, uh, enforcing it. Again, the rewards for being good and the punishments for being bad and entitlement to outcome based on your intentions are, are governed by three things, which I'll list in order of importance. One, first and foremost, probability. Two, your abstract belief system in charge of reward, punishment and fairness of yourself and others. And third, the abstract belief systems of the humans in charge of reward, punishment, and fairness for the society and or community they govern. There are conflicts within your belief system, there are conflicts within the societal and or community belief system, and there are conflicts between your belief system and the societal belief system. Thankfully, those conflicts can be studied in a scientific way. So do you see why it's important to study that stuff? It bleeds right into point number six leads right into point number six, and that's the problems, goals, and standards, they're determined by those humans with abstract belief systems. And you can use your science mind, however, to solve those problems and achieve those goals and meet those standards. You can also use your science mind to some degree to accept, reject, or modify those problems, goals, and standards. So it's time to explore a solution to this science mind abstract belief conundrum debacle thing. Generally speaking, human belief systems, including yours, are too hard to validate with empirical science, at least right now, but that's fine. You can use your science mind to validate four things surrounding your belief systems that are integral to your happiness and achievement, which is what matters, right? Anyway, that's all that matters anyway. (laughs) What your beliefs are, how those beliefs influence your actions, the way in which your belief-action relationship influences outcomes, and the actual outcome. (laughs) And thereby extension, if you like the outcome, if you object to the outcome, and if you look closely, built-in clues for changing outcomes to something you do like. It is for that reason your science mind helps you check yourself before you wreck yourself, (laughs) guiding you toward a happier and more fulfilling life. But first, you need to know two things. One, when to check. And two, how it will probably wreck. For number one check yourself when a violated expectation puts you in an overly negative mood. Examples might be something like, you get angry instead of frustrated. You get anxious instead of concerned. You get heartbroken instead of bummed. You get resentful and bitter instead of irritated. There's some some extreme form of of what is effectively an emotion at a violated expectation or a strange outcome. And then two, the culprits of junkifying your belief action outcome in, in that relationship is one, again, your overly negative mood, which sensitizes you to everything, and then two, the distorted thinking that spawned your overly negative mood. It's probably a rigid demand on yourself, a rigid demand on others, or a rigid demand on the universe, causing one, two, or three of, you guessed it, a low frustration tolerance, entitlement to an ideal outcome, and a twisted sense of fairness. And it is at this point you take your overly negative mood and the distorted thinking that spawned your overly negative mood and use your science mind to set that on fire. (laughs) Now we're getting spicy. So now you can take the five-step scientific audit process and use it today to check yourself before you wreck yourself. I have to get out the other whiteboard of wisdom. This guy, my frame. Let me check. it. Yes, okay, all right. Number one, are your thoughts grounded in reality and earthly reason? Is it aligned with your facts of life instead of just opinions or guesses? Ooh, nice. Oh. Are your thoughts opposing what you'd normally think? Is it the result of a logical flow? Does it contradict itself anywhere? Number three, Can you back it up at this very moment with relevant empirical evidence? Otherwise, it's an opinion or guess. If it is an opinion or guess, is there a way for you to get the empirical evidence you need? Number four. Do your thoughts express or imply demands and or disasters? Overt or underlying ideas of justice, fairness, entitlement, privilege, karma, immunity, protection, exemption, or fate. (laughs) Does it include the following or any variations of should, shouldn't, will, won't, must, mustn't, have to, can't, always, never? or otherwise exaggerated and disastrous language and other forms of catastrophizing, using words like horrible, awful, terrible, tragedy, devastation, insanity, crazy, crazy, intense words like that. And then last, if this thinking continues to influence what you think, feel, and do in the future, do you think it will be helpful or harmful? Okay? So let's summarize by working through this process together, all right? I'm going to give you an example. You're getting an example. Check out this thought process right here. (laughs) I'll never skip a day of exercise and must be perfect with my eating because I have to lose weight. I can't stand being fat. So when I put in all the work, my body has to whip itself into shape. If I fail, it will destroy my summer vacation. It will all be a complete disaster because I'll be a disgusting cave troll. (laughs) Wow, that is a lot, right? It turns out micro-conversations like this happen every day, all the time. (laughs) Moreover, when you're thinking at like 500 words a minute, you can string together entire paragraphs of sabotaging gunk like that faster than it takes you to finish a glass of wine you're drinking while stressed about it, right? (laughs) So let's let's break this down. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Scientific-like. What can I help you with? Siri, you're interrupting me. Okay, are those thoughts Grounded in earthly reason? Are they grounded in earthly reason? No, you have some freedom in your choices These choices include things that have outcomes in opposition to your goals Having to do things and being perfect when you do them means you've dismissed probability and human error as an influence in your outcome Okay, well are your are your thoughts? Are your thoughts in opposition to what you'd normally think? Actually, yes Because during the times outside of the summer vacation window, it was okay to be more relaxed. You understood deep down that you could have made more constructive eating and drinking decisions, but it only became a big problem when you decided to go on vacation. Okay, well, can you back up your thoughts? Can you back it up with empirical evidence at this very moment? Actually, no. Right off the bat, I know I may miss a day of exercise because of something that messes up your schedule. You may miss a day of exercise because of something that messes up your schedule. It is also clear that you can stand being fatter than you want to be. It may bug you a lot, but you can stand it because you do stand it. If you can't stand it, then your body would fail and you'd be dead. Also, cave trolls are fantasy creatures. (laughs) Next, do your thoughts express or imply demands and or disasters. This thought pattern exudes a low tolerance to frustration, entitlement to outcome, and a twisted sense of fairness. (laughs) It is also riddled with exaggerated and absolute language, which is definitely indicative of binary thinking, that psychological binary, okay? And last... If this thinking continues to influence what you think, feel, and do in the future, do you think it will be helpful or harmful? Well, since you've slotted yourself to act perfectly every day, or else, it means any little thing that jostles your plans throws you into a perfectionist grinder. The perfectionist cognitive grinder where your self-worth goes in and the pressure to meet demands sabotages your performance self-worth comes out, or self-loathing comes out. Your self-worth goes in, it gets ground up, and self-loathing comes out. And this demolishes your chances of making any progress, let alone hitting your ideal. (laughs) So here's what you've learned. The six characteristics of scientific thinking in greater depth, that it's best to audit your thoughts and beliefs when outcomes generate an overly negative mood, essentially, and a straightforward method of auditing those thoughts and beliefs. So in conclusion here, if a person writes their thoughts on paper purposefully and honestly, You can literally read their mind. And this is one of the simplest ways to get your thoughts down on paper and then decide whether or not they are rational and constructive or impulsive and self-destructive. For that reason, it's an exceptional tool for expanding the space between stimulus and response just enough so you can inject logic and reason, thereby influencing your outcomes. So if you're interested in constructive and rational eating to change your body and feel amazing, then send Dr. Cassidy a message and leave him a comment because he gets back to all of them. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out!